You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweet to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's messing it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. What's up, homie? Another day, another dollar. How you holding up? Doing good, brother. How you? Man, I'm good. I'm good. It feels good, man. The way things are going, man. It's just in a, I'm in a good space, man. Good. How you doing? I'm all right. I wouldn't say I'm in a, I'm in a right space. Things are going good, but you know, ups, downs. You just try to stay in the middle and just knock it out. Yeah, but you know, I ain't gonna let you stay, stay in the middle. That's yeah. not how we operate. You gonna? Not, I mean, we, we good. We good. Sometimes okay. the middle is good. All right, I'll let you stay there for a little bit. I'll let yeah. you stay there for a little bit, man. I was uh. I was really excited to get back on the show. Like we've been getting a lot of good feedback from, you know, uh, listeners and audience. Like uh, I had somebody reach out to me and, you know, I hadn't talked to them in a while. And they said to me, it was like, Hey, that show is really good. I really appreciate what you're doing. I don't know if you know um, what kind of impact you having, but uh, you can't stop now. Whatever. If you thought about quitting, uh, uh-uh. There's too yeah. many people counting on that show. You gotta, you gotta keep going. What y'all doing is good content. So I wanted to, I wanted to share that feedback with you, man. That's why I was so excited about getting back in here, getting, yeah, getting back on another episode, man. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Um, same here. A lot of good feedback. A lot of people saying that it's very valuable information, and it's yeah. really helping to move forward. So to all our listeners, we thank you. Continue to listen, spread the word, and um, we'll just continue to try to speak and talk as we're led, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Before before we jump into today's topic, let's do let's do what blow your mind because it, you know what today's topic is kind of in line with you know that feedback we've been getting. So okay. uh, jump us off. Tell me tell me what blew your mind. So what blew my mind this week? Um, I've heard it in a couple of different places and I heard it a couple of different ways. But when we talk about time management. You have 24 hours in a day. People are always complaining about time, time, time. You have 24 hours in a day, and then you also have 168 hours in a week. But let's just break down that 24. Uh, we're talking about my time management. If you have 24 hours a day, let's say you work a job, eight hours. You still have 16 left. You got to get your sleep. That's another eight. You still have eight hours left. So... How you spend your time is ultimately your choice and your decision. We all have family obligations, but the excuse of time, you're not going to get any more. So you have Mm -hmm. to find a way to make it work and make it fit and to maximize as much of those 24 hours. Now I said eight hours sleep. We ain't getting eight hours sleep. Right. Should be. We should be. That's what the doctors tell us. That's what I heard. Seven to eight hours is, is, is the maximum, but you see what I'm saying? Even if you're getting six, so six hours sleep, eight hours work, that's 14 hours. You still got 10 hours out here. Right. You can almost go work another full-time job on that dream or that goal or whatever it is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's time to um, really start to analyze our time and really place those minutes. 
You know, and I've honestly, I've never felt like I've, I was able to get eight hours, nor did I feel like I needed eight hours. If mm-hmm. I've slept that long, I feel groggy when I groggy. get up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Too yeah, much yeah. sleep. Right. Can't, it, it just doesn't work for me. So I've always operated off of, of less sleep. And I think it was 50 cent, 50 cent said uh, sleep is for those who are broke. Those who are broke. Man, when, when, when I, when I first heard that, and this was probably back in college, when I first heard that, I was like, man, yeah, yeah. Right. you're right. I don't need much sleep, man. I, I'll get sleep. Uh, I'll get sleep at some point down the road, but for right now, uh, I'm hungry. I got to eat and it's time to eat. Yeah. 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 Whatever, however it works, every, you got to know your body. Um, Telling a 21-year-old that sleep is for suckers is different than telling a 45-year-old sleep is for suckers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Do you remember being a kid and and despising nap time? Oh, yeah. I hated nap time. Oh, yeah. Try to get it, man. What are we doing? I hated nap time, right? I'm trying to go to this, this, this free time. I'm trying yeah. to play. Yeah. Right? Take a nap. But now... Ask me now how I feel about that. <laughs> I might pay some cash for a nap. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what blew my mind. Just be mad, just you know, be honest with your time and, and find ways to take care of everything you want to take care of because it's there. Um you just have to apply this apply yourself and, and, and manage that time. But you know what, one of the things that I've always appreciated about you and I didn't understand it at first, you you're always been a night owl. Yep. And in that time, you weren't just up, just being up. You were always doing something, especially that was related to music or or school or or what have you. And I always admired you about that. How did you come to be that person to where you maximize your time like that? it, It just time of training. I think it just became a force of habit because like. You imagine, um, you know, you you work a nine to five or and then you do another job after that. So I've always been a person to have a lot of things on my docket. So whereas a normal person is working eight hours a day, I may have a 10 to 12 hour workday. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I try to keep a list of things that I need to do. So for me, the best time to work is at night. And I, my brain just operates better at night when I can function and um, it's quiet, it's silent. Um, it's just me and my thoughts up. That's that's just how I function. I've always just kind of been that way. I don't know. And I was trying to I was trying to explain that. Uh, I was talking with this one guy, uh, a guy I used to work with, and he was asking me, you know, about our relationship and how we became friends, right? And so i'm I'm gonna pose the question to you like today's topic we're talking about we're talking about friends we're talking about your circles your 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 ace boom coon who you run with if somebody were to ask you how and why we became friends, what would be your response go I would say probably because we like minded and somebody gotta be responsible <laughs> <laughs> And it ain't me, folks. <laughs> Somebody's got to be responsible. And it ain't you. Now, okay, okay, yes. yes. I, I, out of the two of us, I'm probably, over the years, have been more of the responsible one. However, you have always kept me 
from getting too serious, from taking myself too serious. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. that's something that I've always appreciated about you because I you know me, I can get inside my own head sometimes. Yeah. We were just I talking over, about it. Yeah, yeah. I overthink <laughs> it, right? I yeah, overthink yeah. it. I take it so serious, but but life is serious, you know life, what I'm saying? Life is serious, but you know, um what they say, no play make Jack a dull boy or something. I don't know. But you know, it, it's it's a balance. It's a balance. Um when people hear me talk, I could come across as very serious, but in real life, like I take not much serious at all. Nothing's really serious to me. So um it's a balance. It's a balance. And I and I think that's that's the important thing about our friendship. We're we're a healthy balance of there are a lot of things that are alike, yeah. but the things that are opposite are very good balances. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I tell you the, the the quote that you gave me. And it was almost like a, a mantra to live life to, right? We were, we were in high school. I don't know. I think we were riding home or riding to school, one of the two. And we was deep in conversation. And I was frustrated about how something was going. And you was like, man, yeah, all of that sucked, but I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment, there was okay, so there was a small part of me that was like, Man, how could you just minimize? You know, my world is crashing. How, how could you, you know, this, everything around me feels like it's falling apart? And you went on, I remember you went on to explain, dude, like sometimes, man, that's just that's just life, man. You, yeah. you can't get too caught up in how how things are going because it'll just weigh you down it'll drag yeah. you down it'll keep you there like a like a weight like an anchor and so from then on and and i need people to understand this like from then on like we both would have to remind each other as life and adversity would hit us that that will yeah, i will yeah right keep it moving like <laughs> I, I get that your world is crashing around you but i will I, yeah I get that she broke up with you. She left you, but ah well. Yep. <laughs> I get that you're feeling sorry for yourself or you're not feeling motivated. Ah well. Ah well. We got <laughs> to keep it moving. So, man, yeah, absolutely. I've always appreciated that. Our friendship our friendship is crazy, man. It's yeah. Crazy. A lot of good times, a lot of good stories. Man. So, we're going to get into... Uh, the back end after this commercial, we're going to talk about friends, like-minded friends, and um, seeing how this conversation goes, man. We hope you enjoy. So w- is there something to this being like-minded with everybody you interact with? Like, you know, one would say if everybody in the same room is thinking alike, you probably need to find a new circle. But what are the advantages of thinking alike, the people around you and, and, and being around in that crowd? Um, You know... That's a good question. I think I think that there is a lot of good if the like-minded individuals that you are, quote-unquote, in the room with, you surrounding yourself with, are also of the same mindset that they got to grow and they got to push yeah. themselves to grow, which in turn, they also got to push others around them to grow with them. And they are willing to leave people behind if those people show that they are not willing to grow i think that that those two go hand in hand because i think that that's what that speaks to you shouldn't be if you're around you know the same people 
or if you're around, you know, people with the same mindset in the room, then, you know, you need to get from around and you need to change your circle in order to grow. And I think that that's only true. I think that's half the story. If those individuals are not trying to grow and push each other, because I think as it pertains to us, we have had the same like-mindedness for all of these years, but we've also been future focused and we pushed each other. There's been times where we haven't talked for months, catch back up, see what we're doing and go, well, hold on. Why are you not pushing? Why are you not chasing mm-hmm. after that? Why are you not going after that mm-hmm. dream? And I yeah. think that, that that is the the difference between, you know, being stuck versus being around the right people who foster growth. So when you said the, the key word in all of that was growth. So yeah. like is growth kind of like a value system or it's a part of like a core belief? And is that's what that's is that what should connect you to other people and the people that you choose to be in circle is your your systems of values and what you value as a person? Absolutely. I think that uh I think you run with people who obviously have similar, you know, values and beliefs, similar, similar backgrounds, possibly, you know, you're cut from a similar cloth, as they say. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that that helps you. I think that that is the first place that helps you to bring down the wall of mistrust, because when you meet gotcha. new people, you meet strangers, you always got your wall up, right? You got your guard up. You don't know the person. So you want to uh-huh. protect and shield yourself. But I think that once you find out that y'all both believe the same thing and have similar core values, that then allows you to put the wall down and be vulnerable. So now when you're in that vulnerable state with that other individual, I think that now you're looking for, so what's next? Uh, And and here's the proof of that, right? Here's the proof. I take Mm -hmm. it out of the context of friendship. Your cell phone right now, if a random number calls your cell phone and you decide to pick up, the first two questions in your mind are what? Who this? Who are you? And what do you and want? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So those are the first two questions, right? So now once they answer those two questions for you and you decide to stay on the phone, the third question is what's in it for me? And that's how I look at friendships and relationships. The first two questions as we meet with people are who are you and what do you want? Meaning who are you, right? As a person and what do you believe? What are your core beliefs? And if mm-hmm. we agree that, you know what, I got those same core beliefs and here's who I am. Then I put my guard down and go, now what's in it for me? What's in it for me to stay connected to you? And if that growth- I know that sounds kind of selfish though. It, it is, but at the end of the day, we're all a little bit selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, have yeah, to be. Yeah. And here, here's, here's why. I comes before you in the alphabet every day of the week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 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 so there is a bit of selfishness but i think linking that to a person's core beliefs which as you understand if you know me you know i'm the type i want to see everybody grow i want to see everybody get better i want to see everybody be great so is there a bit of selfishness to stay connected to you because you're gonna push me to be better tomorrow than who i am today yeah but i don't think there's any harm in that well, but you know what? It's not necessarily set, uh, selfishness because it's a transaction. Whereas you're growing, I'm growing, and there's something in it for both of us. It's not a one-sided relationship. You're right. Symbiotic. It's symbiotic. Yeah, symbiotic. It's word, definitely, word. yeah, my big word. I studied, I studied in my, <laughs> my, my word of the day dictionary. I've been trying to find the right spot to use that word. <laughs> symbiotic is in there, baby. Ten points for me. <laughs> so. 
it is it is symbiotic, but it's not symbiotic with a negative connotation in terms of yeah. like transaction. It, it, it's I got what I need, you got what you need. Yeah, it's, what not, you need. Boom, boom, it's not a business gotcha. relationship. Um, mm-hmm. It's more fluid. It's more fluid, and we both recognize that we are about our business gotcha. as opposed to it being a business relationship. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So for you, for you, as as you think about that, we we are we are never going to have the same friends that we had as as kids as we do when we are adults, meaning the friends you start out with are not going to be the ones you finish with. And so when, when you think about when you think about that for you. What was it? Or what is it that allows you to maintain a friendship through adulthood that's different than when you were a child? Um, that was different from when I was a child. I think in adulthood, the biggest difference is that necessity to stay connected, like literally like constantly seeing that person or constantly being friends with that person or being in communication. Like right now, some of my closest friends, I don't speak to every day. But mm-hmm. when we do get together and we do chat, it's kind of like you never miss a beat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the biggest difference. I think um, in a sense, and when I asked that question about uh, selfishness, um, it was kind of just a, just seeing, getting your opinion on it. In a lot of ways, I think as I get older, friendships are kind of like, yeah, what's the purpose of this friendship? Why are we here? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's not that um, if I don't, if there's no perceived quote unquote value that we're not friends, but as you said, it's like we're, we're getting old and we, we, we don't have a time for a big crowd. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And it, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds weird to me as I'm saying it, but it, it, it becomes about value added, I guess is the best way to put yeah. it. Like, how are you adding? How am I adding? What, how are we making this thing work together? When you're young, you just try to be popular and cool, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, for most of our high school career, we ran in big crowds, although it was most of the time you and I, sometimes Nick, sometimes Nelsia. For the most part, it was you and I. We came together. We left together. But when we got there, we was amongst a whole mob of people, mm-hmm. you know, with, with everybody that we was cool with. But at the end of the day, it always came back to the core. Yep. Yep. So... How long do you endure a relationship that is not value add before you cut it off? Um, I believe in people. So I don't, I don't, I don't think there's very many people past or present that I'm just saying like you cut off. Now there's some people I'm like, you stay over there. Like I'm not looking for you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we, our interactions are limited because we're not necessarily on the same page. But I, I'm not really much of a cutoff person because I believe in people. And I believe at some point in time, everybody needs somebody. And if I can be that for somebody else, I would rather be that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're not, we're definitely not like, um, like, for instance, the friends that I had before we met, we may talk once a year. Hmm. As opposed to you and I, even though now that we're doing more business things, you know, I would say we were probably talking maybe once a month once every three weeks, two weeks or so before we got on this thing. Now we talking just pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not like, I don't love those guys any less. It's just, we on a different wavelength. Y'all, y'all yeah. over there, I'm over here. I, I, I'm good. You know, we good. 
Yeah. When I see you, I love you. When I see your kids, I'm going to hug them. They're going to call me uncle. I'm going to yep. call them nephew. We good. Yep. You know, I was actually <clears throat> a, a friend of mine from kindergarten. Mind you, kindergarten. Me and this guy, uh, we initially met in kindergarten, and I talked with him yesterday, and we hadn't talked. It's been maybe six, eight months since the last time we spoke. Now, prior mm-hmm. to that, I hadn't spoken to him in years. And when I say mm-hmm. years, I'm talking like maybe 2011 Yeah, was the last time that I had spoke to him. And that was in a brief moment. But when we did talk, we picked it up and chopped it back up as if, you know, we had stayed connected from kindergarten, you know? Gotcha. And, and I think, again, that comes from that. We was we was talking. His son, he's at basketball practice watching his son practice. And he's he's venting to me that, you know, his son ain't competitive. He's not he, – he's, he's jogging. He's out of shape. He's not putting in that extra time outside of practice. And he, he raised the question just, just in talking. He was like, man, was I like that? Was I not competitive? And immediately my mind went back to we played basketball together. And, and as long as I've known this guy, he's been super competitive. I'm talking hate to lose. We'll, we'll <laughs> play you. We'll play you until he wins type. And if he don't win that day, he got to go home. You can believe the next day he's talking about, hey, let's let's play again. Let's go because I got to beat you. Right. Yeah. He, I believe, would fit right in to this circle in terms of you and him connecting the same way oh, yeah. that you and I did, even though gotcha. y'all don't have those shared experiences, I think mm-hmm. very quickly you would identify in him the same things that yeah. you identified in me. Because it's, it's the same, it's the same, it's, it goes back to the values and what you believe in. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm willing to bet money. Again, we ain't talk about it. Like, what are your closest values and beliefs? Closest values and beliefs. Um, like that, that you hold closest to your heart that you believe are most important work ethic you have mm-hmm. to have a strong desire to work hard and be willing to work hard for everything that you get mm-hmm. uh, two I would say uh, a spirit to help others and pour into others and to give back um, and I would say three loyalty um when the stuff hits the fan, when times get tough, mm-hmm. when you remain loyal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, and, and again, those those were, without even talking about it, were top three for me. The only mm-hmm. other one that I may add is honesty. Mm-hmm. But not honesty from the perspective of, did you lie to me or don't lie or don't you know, don't break mm-hmm. the trust, but honesty from the perspective of that you're honest with all realms of emotion. So like, if you're struggling, you ain't going to fake and be like, I'm good. Yeah. Or if you see a character flaw in yourself or me for say, you're going to be honest and say, this is what it is. Yeah. So again, I, I think those value systems are, and the beliefs in what allows friendships to transcend time. And, and maintain over a period of time. Whereas, you know, I, I guarantee you somebody that you, uh, ba- basically all the people we were friends with in high school, I don't know if those lists will line up exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why the relationships are where they are. It doesn't make them bad. doesn't make us yep. good. Yep. But you find, you gravitate, you should gravitate to people when they're like-minded. The gravitation comes from the similar values and interests and backgrounds. 
Okay, so let me throw this at you, right? We are competitive in nature, in spirit, just who we Mm -hmm. are, right? Before we met, we were always competitive. Yeah. How do you handle seeing your friends outperform you? And especially, I put emphasis on in the adult realm, not just in sports when you're in high school, but you see your friends accomplishing certain things and they're doing certain things. How do you handle being outperformed by your closest friends? I mean, it, cons- it, it depends on how you consider outperform. Well, and I, I would mean, say that you, you have to determine that. Like, for example, to hear that my best friend got his doctorate, by no means do I have a desire to go get my doctorate at this point in my life. But let, <laughs> let me just let me preface it with that. Yeah, I have yeah. no desire to get my doctorate. I am not even thinking about even getting a master's. You know what I'm saying? To that level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But to hear that my friend has accomplished a doctorate, I'm like, man, that dude outperforming me. And then next thing I hear, you got another project going, man, I got this in the works. Dude, that dude outperformed me. Man, I got this other thing I hadn't told you about. Not that you rubbing it in my face or anything, and I want you to keep sharing, but the competitor in me is like, my friend is outperforming me. I got to get mm-hmm. on my J-O-B. Mm-hmm. I-, I think the way the question was initially put, there's a, uh, there's a good competitive and there's a bad competitive. The good competitive is, man, he out here working. I need to be matching that. Uh-huh. I need to be whatever we choose. Because every, everybody's path is different. Everybody grind look different. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's not doing the same thing. So it's kind of like, what what is my grind? What is my profession? What am I doing? And am I maximizing that? Uh-huh. You know, I, I think it, to, to compare outperforming, in, in the field or when you're doing different things, it's, it's, it's kind of tough. And I think just me personally, I think that's more of the negative com- connotation of performing because it, it, it comes across as you don't, I bet not come across, but you don't want, you don't want that to ever cross into envy. And right. I think a lot of people do that. Whereas like, like right now, social media is killing folks, bro. Uh-huh. Social media is killing folks because they just see pictures. They see they get on the gram and they just see pictures of somebody living, and they just think that they out there doing doing living their best life, blah blah blah. But when in real life, they just taking a picture in front of a picture of a beach. Yep, you know what I'm saying? They yep. they're not out there on the beach. So I think there's a healthy competition, and then there is a unhealthy competition where it becomes a point of envy. And for me personally. I am so absorbed with what I'm doing that I have very little time to look at other people. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? I'm, I'm happy for you. Like, you know, we were talking like when we get to the graduation episode later on in the podcast, like hearing that you graduating in May, it was, it was, it was almost a greater feeling than for me when I was graduating. Cause I'm like, man, my boy accomplished that goal that my brother accomplished that goal that he set out. So it was kind of like, boom, 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 boom. But like, I'm just, I'm kind of narrow vision in the sense of, I don't look at it as if I'm competing against anybody. I'm competing against myself. Uh Like, can I wake up every single day and hit the ground harder than I did before? Can Uh I make the next better than the last? Can I make the next conversation better than the last? Can I impact this person, say something more meaningful than I did to them yesterday? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not saying 
you were being envious, but there are people that would hear that and see that and take it that way. So I think it's very important to illustrate the good and the bad of that that com- competition. Absolutely. And I think that that's what ruins a lot of good friendships, a lot of long-standing yeah. friendships, is they allow that that germ, that virus to creep in, which be it being envy, uh, which then causes you to no longer be happy for uh, mm-hmm. y- your friend for somebody else. My One of my favorite artists, Andy Minio. Shout out to Andy Minio. If you don't know who that is, he's a Christian rap artist who has bars. Um, one of okay. his songs, he says, how you celebrate a blessing when you didn't get it. And it mm-hmm. spoke volumes to me about the world and society that very few people can be happy for, for a blessing that was for yeah. somebody else and acknowledge yeah. that blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it goes back to that honesty. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm the type, or I, I hope to be the type, that if it was ever a situation where I felt like I was being outperformed, then actually it would be somebody in my field. If I'm sitting next to this man and we both got doctorate degrees and we both move in and they both in music education or they both in music, and I felt like it was outperforming me, then it becomes a conversation like, yo, bro, what you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to where you're getting. Teach me. And teach me. And that, that's that's the humility and the honesty that, that I value as, as a person. Yeah. Whereas we can be competitive and I want to get to where you get, but I need you to, you know what I'm saying? There's no shame in me asking like, yo, how'd you get that done? Yeah. yeah. Teach me. I want to know how you do that because I know what my grind is. I know mm-hmm. how hard I'm going to work. I know mm-hmm. that I'm going to, if I set my mind to it and I want to accomplish it, I'm going to accomplish it. But I also am humble enough to know that I don't know everything. And so somebody's got to teach me something. All right. So we on the back end of the show, right? And if, you, if you've been with us, you know what time it is. It's time for the food for thought. It's time for the quote uh, of the day. Uh, I got this one from Mike Tyson. Everybody knows who Mike Tyson is, right? Here, here's the quote. Mike Tyson was doing an interview. Um, actually, he was on T.I.'s podcast, Expeditiously. That was a great episode. Man, that was a great episode. If you haven't checked that out, if you haven't checked out T.I.'s Expeditiously, I suggest you go check it out expeditiously. Uh, with that being said, Mike Tyson had this quote. They were talking about you know his life and how he's evolved. And what he said was, I had to find out who I was to know who I wasn't. I had to find out who I was to know who I wasn't. That's big. Man. And I think about all of us, right? As we have gone through life and what's funny is we think that in our teenage years and our early 20 years, we know who we really are. But it isn't until we get to the back end that we actually find out who we are from the mistakes we made in those early years. I had to find out, I had to find out who I was to know who I was. And I had to get to a place where I knew the decisions I was going to make because it was based on who I was and not who I wasn't. And so as you think about your life, as you think about yourself and some of the decisions that you've made that have led to them being mistakes and life not going exactly how you planned it. Keep in mind, this is a part of the process of finding out who you are. 
so that the future you knows who you're not. Amen. That's dope, bro. Again, we love you. We thank you for joining us. This is another episode with Coach and Doc, my good friend. Subscribe, share, like. Come be a part of this movement, as we call it, the Purpose Addicts. Come learn how to be addicted to pursuing your greatness. Again, we love you. See you on the next one. Peace.